1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, and it's been a beautiful morning sharing the airwaves with my dear friend, Roxanne Sullivan. Uh We have had just some great guests this morning, and I am so glad you stay tuned for the last half hour this morning uh, because we have another wonderful guest uh, from Save the Storks. Uh, Natasha Smith is here to tell us about a project she's been working on, a new book, and welcome, Natasha. How are you? Good
2: morning. I'm doing wonderfully well. Thank you so much for having me this morning.
1: Oh, thank you so much for joining
3: us. Natasha, Can tell me a little bit about yourself, and, and I'm also curious where you're calling from. Where, where are you located? So
2: I am located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's where Save Historic's head office is. Okay. So I love being here. And I'm from Michigan originally. I grew up on a farm there. My mom's actually from South Dakota. So I've been in that area a lot. Okay. Oh, that's um, great.
1: Yeah. And you have Pike's yeah. Peak in your backyard.
2: I do. It's <laughs> lovely to look at every morning. Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was just in Colorado Springs this summer. When my mom had gone to, to college in Greeley. And I was invited out there for a wedding, so I I grabbed my mom and said, "Let's go to, to your old stomping grounds. Beautiful, beautiful area." So now I can kind of imagine where you're at with the mountains in the background. Uh we're, we're, we have we have it's pretty flat here, so we love we love the mountains. But anyway, um, so so you have a book uh, titled Unplanned Grace, and and it, the goal is to change the narrative around unplanned pregnancies and to depoliticize de-politi- the topic of abortion. How did this this land in your lap, this project?
2: Well, it was a few years in the making, for sure. I've been working with Save the Storks for four years now. And through my work with them, I had the joy of meeting many women who would walk through this journey. And I also was able to read stories because pregnancy centers that we partner with would send us at least one story about a client who they serve every single month. So for about two years, I was reading just hundreds of stories and I saw these themes emerge uh particularly this this phrase of I had no choice or I felt like Mm -hmm. I just had no choice Mm -hmm. and then another uh, phrase of you know I was just so scared and I felt so alone and those themes really struck me because in a world that claims to be so pro-choice here there's just hundreds of women who really feel like they don't have Mm-hmm. any choice. And so I wanted to dig in a little bit more of why that is. And and then also with my work at, at Storks, I was able to visit hundreds of pregnancy centers as well and just see how holistic their care for women truly was in contrast to what is told over the mm-hmm. media. Right. Pregnancy centers just really serve women well and care so deeply about them. Mm -hmm. And about their place. And so we wanted to write this book to provide a middle ground where pro-life and pro-choice people could at least agree that women's lives matter. Right. And now, of course, which side really fully cares for the women's life in that circumstance? And I really think that the pro-life world just does an incredible job of serving women and all those circumstances and helping them really stand on their
1: feet. You know, I'm so grateful, Natasha, that you brought that out because I know that whenever you get in a discussion with someone who feels so strongly about the pro-choice or, you know, pro-abortion narrative, they're always like, well, you want them to have the child, but you don't want to do anything to help them after they have the child. Mm -hmm. And that's so... Um, and that's so not true. That's so not who we are um, as as Catholics, as people who are pro-lifers, who aren't Catholic even. Um, you know, that's just not the case at all. And so for you to, to have, I love the title, On Plan Grace. I mean, how many of us in our own families have actually, you know, in a... marriage have actually planned our families. I mean, some people do, and that's okay, but not one of our four kids were planned. (laughs) They were just, I mean, they were unplanned, and they were beautiful, and and so I just, I love the title. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's holistic, too, because, I mean, the reality is we all have unplanned circumstances, whether or not it's a pregnancy, you know, we I think that levels the playing ground here. You know, we all just need God's grace with all the crazy that happens in our lives. And um, we can all be involved in receiving that and also sharing that with others.
3: How do we respond to that question that comes at us that Janine just mentioned when 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 we're hit with that? You don't you mm-hmm. don't care about the child once it's born. How do you respond when someone asks you that or says that to you?
2: I love that question because the pro-life side just has a beautiful answer. And I think the first place that any listener can um, can start with is just, you know, first of all, just understanding what how, what pregnancy centers offer. Because if a woman has a tough circumstance, an economic crisis, for instance, our book goes into all of these ways that pro-life organizations and pregnancy centers help meet a woman where she's at and help figure out how to assist her and really pull her out of that. Abortion, in my opinion, it keeps women in that cycle, the cycle of poverty, the cycle of Mm -hmm. potentially abusive relationships. It doesn't help them get out of it. And what Pro-Life says is here's her story, listen to what's truly going on, and then they hope." her get out of that and break the cycles of poverty and ensure that she feels safe and she's not pressured to make a decision. And so, yeah, this, I mean, I would encourage all of our listeners to educate yourselves on how pro-lifers Really have this huge gambit of support systems available to women, and that's really what we try to cover in our book.
1: And, and that is that is uh, again so wonderful. I remember when a friend of mine, uh, one of my dearest friends, uh, her daughter ended up in an unplanned pregnancy, and and um, so in that initial phase of you know uh, surprise and shock and that kind of thing, I I was like thank you for supporting her and choosing life, you know. Thank her from me for deciding, you know, to choose life. I mean, that's like, we need to thank these women for saying yes to life. And, and the best way to thank them is to give them our support and our empathy and our help and guidance and whatever it is that they're, you know, um, uh, going through because we have a world that is so antithetical to um, the support for making that decision.
3: Mm-hmm. You, you know, Natasha. One of the things when you were talking about kind of changing the narrative, being on the sidewalk, um, you engage in these discussions. And one of uh, I don't know about a year ago. I, I just it occurred to me, and it's something you hinted at. Um, they say that we're taking the woman's choice away, and and at just in the moment, I said, you know, actually. We we want to expand choices for women. That's what we're here. We're expanding choices. We're not taking them away. We're expanding. I don't know. It just was an illumination that I had that I'm like, no, that's not it. We're actually doing the opposite. So what are some other things that you're combating in those conversations where you're changing the narrative? What are some specific ways that that's happening?
2: Mm, That's a great question. Just to add on one, one more thing to what you just said, mm-hmm. 79% of women were never informed of the resources available to them if they chose life. Wow. And, and so there's a lack of information mm-hmm. that's really also pressuring women mm-hmm. into feeling like there's nobody and there's nothing to help them. When right. that's so not the case, there's just so much available. Um, yeah, I think one big thing that we're changing the narrative of like you mentioned is that idea of what choice is you know it's been proposed that it's abortion but that's not actually a choice when 73.8 percent of women say that they felt pressured to make that decision and so with a lack of education and with pressure whether it's from family members or culture in general just saying you can't handle this right now you need to go to you know, finish your school or you can't finish your school and be a mom at the same time. It's just, honestly, I think it's degrading for women because right. we're saying that they're not strong when the reality is they're amazing and they're so strong. And and when they are empowered to get up on their feet and surrounded by a community who says, we've got your back and we're going to help you forward man those those women just become such rock you know rock stars and pillars in their community and advocate for for life because they realize that that they are not a victim to their circumstance, and mm-hmm. they can rise above any circumstance, which is just incredible.
1: And they also have that incredible, beautiful blessing of the child. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean that they're loving and they're nurturing and they're caring for, and um, that gift. That oh man, you know what? What? How life would have been different had the other choice been made, and just that beauty uh, to have someone loving them back in such an unconditional, beautiful way.
2: Yeah, and I think one other narrative that we have to be aware of always is for those who've, who've been there already, who have that in their past, and who, you know, don't have a, a happy ending to right. that story, and I I would hope that if there's any listener listeners who hear this, that they would recognize, you know, that past experience and choice doesn't define you, and there is so much hope and healing and grace, you know, for for even in that moment. And God is so good to meet us in that
1: place. Yeah, and in the beauty in that healing, in those resources that can help in that healing, uh, that their journey uh, in in their faith that one day they are going to be reunited with their child. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just that beautiful hope and and. Um, concrete uh, realization, hopefully, that uh, there may have been days taken away here, Mm -hmm. but there's an eternity uh, waiting for me on the other
3: side. And my thought is also that you can always bring life. You you know, we can't go back, and that's hard, but we can always go forward, and you can always bring life to someone else. And I think that's one of Mm -hmm. the beautiful things, too, in making these connections, to to give that hope, like there's always a future. Mm-hmm. So, that is what we're here to do, um, as as Christians, to give each other hope, to give each other little mm-hmm. breadcrumbs of hope that we can, you know, as we journey together, and that we're all broken. Like no one mm-hmm. is guilt free of sin, right? We're all in this together. So it's not them versus us. It's it's all of us together. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So.
2: And God's so good at
1: redeeming us all. Absolutely, Natasha yeah. Well, Natasha, we have to take a quick break um, But we will uh, be on the other side of the break We'll come back and visit more with Natasha Smith From Save the Storks And and talk more about her book On Plan Grace Stay tuned, stay with us
0: Stay with us There's more Real Presence Live to come On the Real Presence Radio Network
5: How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
3: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We just appreciate you being with us so much this morning. What would we do without our listeners, right, Janine? Oh, absolutely. Amen to that.
1: Uh, You know, Roxanne and I, we volunteer as hosting on Real Presence Radio. It's a very humbling, beautiful experience to be able to, you know, just share uh, and bring these incredible, amazing guests that have so much to offer our listeners, and
3: and to you and I as well, right? Yes, yes, we are blessed in turn. And Natasha Smith uh, started talking a little bit about her book planned Grace. She's from Save the Storks. We want to hear a little bit about that organization as well, that ministry. So, Natasha, do you want to just share with our listeners what what Save the Storks is?
2: Yes, Save the Storks is a national nonprofit that helps support pregnancy centers reach more women. And the the kind of foundation of our organization started with building mobile medical units. So we have these beautiful buses that are designed just to be an expression of the. Father's heart and lavish love to women who are in need. And pregnancy centers will own and operate these vehicles and, and park near abortion clinics, on college campuses, in rural communities, and just offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests, sometimes STI testing as well, to those who need it. And these buses form a bridge into the community where women may not know about this pregnancy center, then it it links them back to the center where they then can have access to this whole world of resources that they may have not known existed. And so Save the Storks helps build those units. And then we also help pregnancy centers just flourish. So we do a whole host of supporting them. And you can check out more of our work at savethestorks.com
4: wonderful.
1: That is wonderful. And, and you know, we had talked about over the break um, all the, the great things that are going on. And, and, of course, there's just such a heightened battle going on politically. But, ultimately, we all want to see pro-life laws protecting the unborn. But if that doesn't happen, <laughs> you know, and this battle continues to enrage in our land, um, you know, it's more about changing hearts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, you can have bad laws, and, but you can... Um, there's ways to go around that until that bad mm-hmm. law is, is, you know, sees its demise. Um, mm-hmm. How can you um, help our listeners understand what they can do to help change hearts?
2: Yeah, we really wrote this book with that in mind. Save the Church has a non-political approach. Which means we believe that we can be pro-life and active and caring for women, men, and babies, no matter what the laws are. And we have examples of that throughout church history. Even the early church had no access to change laws, but they did something. And I think we can all do something simple by, by going out. And caring for women well by being that compassionate expression of God's love to those who feel alone, who feel like they're being pressured into a decision. And so there's much we can do, and I would encourage our readers to first read our books because that really is our entire platform is, okay, even if laws are great, even if they aren't, how can we help those in need? Because those needs are always going to exist. And there's always something we can do to help them.
3: Right. And that political process is always going to be in motion and laws are going to be formulated and either accepted or rejected. That process is happening. But that the woman in that situation, it really is untouched in that moment with mm-hmm. that. Those are things outside of our control. What we have are in, in, within our control is right in front of us, right? The woman, like yes. you were saying, the person that's hurting. That's what we're called to do as Christians, yeah. to reach out to those who are hurting. And so, yeah, and that's, that's what, when we focus on the
2: politics, we so often forget the person. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people right around us that we can be caring for Well, while.
3: You know, it's interesting because that's another contention that I've had to deal with is, oh, this is a, uh, you, you shouldn't get involved in politics or, or whatever, you know? And, and it's like, it's not about politics. It's mm-hmm. about people and relationships. Yeah. Um, so in this mm-hmm. book, Unplanned Grace, is it full of, stories or or what is the approach? And Mm -hmm. also, who is the intended readership for for this book?
2: Yeah, so we wrote this with pro-lifers and for the church in mind, but maybe people who don't understand why women would have an abortion. And so we're very honest with the practical reasons that are very real, that really do pressure women. So we talk about the economic pressures, lack of housing is a big deal, you know, job, that financial uh, um, support is huge in this decision. In fact, 73% of women say that they felt like they had to have an abortion because of economics. They just felt like they couldn't afford a child right now. So that's a big thing. And we talk about relational pressures as well as, as well as health concerns and how all of those play a role in a woman's decision. But so, so each, section has stories, but there's a beautiful merging of stories and rootedness and statistics so you can really understand how big of an issue this is. And then, and my co-author, Brittany Smith, uh, she, we're not related, but uh, we both work at Save the Search. she um, did incredible work of highlighting one organization, which there are many for every one of these topics, but she highlights one organization that helps meet the need of the story that we're talking about. So when we talk about homelessness, She did a beautiful section on highlighting maternity homes and how that is a need and how pro-life is um, caring for women through temporary housing. And then organizations help them get jobs and all of these different creative ways. So we want to help people who probably already are pro-life. Understand the issues even better, mm-hmm. and that way we have next steps. Of okay, here's one way I can get involved right here in my own home town. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and
1: that's so wonderful because you're helping empowering um, the the faithful, a faithful mm-hmm. I should say, mm-hmm. uh, to to. F- figure out what niche it is that they can help. You know, Mm -hmm. God has given us each individual gifts, different gifts that, uh, you know, to form that body of Christ. And so some are going to be the prayer warriors and some are Mm going to be like Roxanne in front of the abortion clinic in downtown Fargo uh, bringing Mm -hmm. that message of hope. Um, And so that's so cool that there's a book now on Plant Grace that can help, you know, uh, people understand how they can be involved in this because again, you know, you look at the decibel level that's gone on in the last, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, it's been going on, but the last eight months, it's been really at a heightened level. And Mm -hmm. um, for me as a Catholic, it's disturbing when um, we have people in leadership who are Catholic, who are basically fighting against what we believe in, in that life, that life role. But again, no Mm -hmm. matter what the law is, good or bad, um, there's going to be this issue. It's been from the beginning of time, and so
3: it's about changing hearts. Yeah. Na- Natasha, how do we get a hold of your book? Where where would re- uh, listeners go to find it? Yes, well, it is sold on
2: Amazon and, and Mardell. We also have a website called unplannedgracebook.com, and there you can learn more about the book as well as see videos of some of the women that we feature in the book. So mm-hmm. you can put names and faces together in here real life testimonials of women who've walked through this journey and how they came to the other side.
1: That is fantastic. We cannot thank you enough, Natasha, for joining us this morning. And, and I hadn't heard of the book, so I'm just so grateful and I will have to be getting this book because <laughs> Roxanne and I know that uh, it's a, a very near and dear uh, ministry, um, the pro-life ministry. Uh, really, I think 90% of our world problems would go away mm-hmm. if we were pro-life and recognize the human dignity mm-hmm. of each and every individual that has been created mm-hmm. by God. amen (laughs) all
3: right well thank you natasha we we uh wish you well with your with your book and um we'll just pray for each other and and all of those who are in situations that are confusing and um to give hope to each other so amen
2: thank you so much for having me and i just Pray that the Lord continues to bless your work. Oh, and
1: yours as well. We're all in this together, and thank you for putting it in writing for many of us to read, too. Well, uh, on that note, Roxanne, we are going to go over to our production studio. Hi, Therese. Can you tell us what's going on in our next uh, show? Yeah, so on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Deacon Paul Trinan and Teresa Curley are your hosts coming to you live from the Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. Jenny Strzok will be on to talk about learning the Catholic faith in preschool. And then Steve Ray will break down what we believe about the Holy Spirit and hear about what's going on at the Abbey of the Hills. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you so much, Therese. I tell you, every... Every day is just so cool, you know, uh, the different guests that we have from across our country mm-hmm. and in our, in our listening area. Um, we just have such a, a richness of faith, and there's always something to learn. There's always something to do. And, uh, and then there's always a need to have that stillness. You know, to listen to God to see
3: where we should go from here. <laughs> it's just so beautiful to see the Holy Spirit working in the body of Christ. Yes. and I think we can get we can get bogged down with all of the negative stuff, and if we're not looking up and 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 looking for for the hope there, right? And we find it in each other as well as in God Himself. But um, it's it's there, and and it it should enliven and encourage us. Yeah. Let us know that there's so much, despite everything. God is with us, you know? And-
1: Absolutely. And, and just so grateful uh, for you, the listeners, at Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live. Um, you know, next, uh, after this show wraps up, You can stay tuned for more programming on Real Presence Radio. There's more to life, and there's also, well, more to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popachek is next. So they're two wonderful individuals to just keep learning and growing, you know, in our faith. And uh, you can listen to Real Presence Radio 24-7.
3: Just sleep a little, work a little, but listen a lot. All right, and since we haven't been able to get together for coffee, Janine, it's been a blessing to be with you here on the radio (laughs) today. There you go. God bless everyone in your day, and have a wonderful week. Amen.
0: This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network.